But like, what what is the point? Yeah, like, what is the purpose <laughs> of any of this? What's well, to find the goddamn file? That film sounds shit. for this so welcome to the podcast nobody asks for's league of good bad movies and this month thanks to popular demand which is a weird way of saying vote uh we are watching vampire's kiss i'm assuming less porny than the last one we watched um yes that doesn't take a lot (laughs) (laughs) All, all all it has to do is tick the box of not basically being porn but Vampire's Kiss is, I mean, it, it, it is also less porny than the title suggests. Okay. So Vampire's Kiss, uh, for those uninitiated, is a Nicolas Cage film. I am very happy about this. It's the first Nicolas Cage film I think we're going to talk about at any extended length. And it's going to be great. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. I don't know. I think the the first one we spoke about was Knowing, right? Oh, yes, true, true. But not, we, we didn't have a mini-sode no, no, no. Devoted to it. So, yeah. So, our, our choices this week were between... Do you remember what our choices were between this week? I remember my ones, uh, which was Howard the Duck and Reefer Madness. And mine were Vampire's Kiss and Hercules in New York, the <laughs> starring Arnold Strong, <laughs> because it was before he decided he was going to go by his actual name. But it's good. I'm, I'm, I am... Overly looking forward to this. And if I am correct, Graham, you haven't seen this before. Bizarrely, Ian, for once you are correct. <laughs> yep, I know this because five <laughs> minutes ago you told me you hadn't watched this before. Yeah. Uh, I, I ha- going in blind. Yeah. Do you know do you know anything? Other about than it? other than what it says on Apple movies at, uh, at the moment where it says an executive goes over the edge after a rom- romantic encounter with a seductive vampire, leaving him doubting his sanity? No. Yeah, so it's definitely a film that people, I think it was made to kind of be like an American psycho. Oh, okay. So so keep keep that in mind when you're watching. I have watched this before. I've watched it a couple of times. As is often tradition with me, I will invite people over on my birthday and watch a Nicolas Cage film. And this was by far the most divisive film I've ever watched with a crowd. And by not not even Nicolas Cage film, just film, because half the people in the room thought it was incredible, and the other half of the room stopped talking to me for a while. Like I'm fairly sure a couple nearly broke up on my birthday, <laughs> and I'm fairly sure a couple nearly on broke your up birthday over it because one of them thought it was genius, and the other one like literally judged him for it. I do like that. I do like that a film can um, can bring that out in people. So the plan, as always. Uh, we are now going to stop the intro and we are going to go and watch Vampire's Kiss and then we are going to come back in a couple of days and talk through plot of the film, what we thought about it, some facts and figures, then our top three moments of the film uh, before deciding where it ends up on our League of Good Bad Movies League. Have we decided on the League of Good Bad Movies League? We're going to do the League of the League of Good Bad Movies? A lot of leagues. Oh my god, that's a lot of leagues. The league of the league of league of good bad. Yeah, why not? Okay, so we will decide where Vampire's Kiss ends on our league of the league of good bad movies movies, which currently <laughs> which currently stands at Troll Two. It is a very small league. 
Um, and it is it is also it is. definitely uh, the highest Showgirls has ever been on anything. And apart will from, ever be. Apart from like Razzie nominations. But yeah. Yeah. I'm interested I'm interested that once we've got a few sort of elite good bad movies in here, whether some of them try and form a breakaway super league of good bad movies. Well I believe Showgirls is in contact with like the likes of the room and Samurai Cop organizing that now. <laughs> um but the problem is, I mean what I am hoping is, is you know, we'll have the championship of the League of Good Bad Movies. We'll get like a Pro 14 League of Good Bad Movies. It's gonna be great. <laughs> but that's the end of my sporting knowledge. <laughs> and and with that, before we just keep talking about our love of Nicolas Cage for any longer, I think it's time we watch the film. Let's dive in to the Vampire's Kiss. The League of Good Bad Movies! It's like a man trying to do a British accent who's only had a British accent described to them. So time has passed. We have now seen Vampire's Kiss. Um, what are your initial reactions? My, my initial reaction is I don't think we saw Vampire's Kiss. I think we experienced Vampire's Kiss. I think that is the only way to put that. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, given... Given I have seen it multiple times, because of course I have, it always takes me by surprise. It's it's something like it's it it transcends good bad movies. I think into its own kind of. I I don't even know what. Obviously, stuff like The Room and and movies like that are you know kind of like the gold standard of good bad movies. But this just seems. I don't know. It just seems otherworldly. It it's. The best way to describe it is it seems to be, like, film zero for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I, 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 I think this is where... Because he was only... He was, like, early 20s or something, which I didn't realise when watching it, because he hasn't aged. Like, And that's not necessarily, like, the Paul Rudd good thing. It's just, like, it's he's just always been... It's because he's a vampire. Cage. Yeah, yeah true. True. <laughs> so, before we, before we continue our... Idle vampires kiss banter. For people who haven't seen the film, yep. Do you want to go through a summary of of the plot and what it's about? I will go through a quick plot summary. There are some spoilers in here, though. I would say, even if you know the spoilers, still watch. Like even if these are, let me rephrase it. Even if something is bored for you in Vampire's Kiss, you should still watch it because nothing anyone could say could prepare you for the experience of watching Vampire's Kiss. I can, but, I, I concur. <laughs> but there are a couple of spoilers in here, so if you do want to miss them, skip ahead. So yeah, Vampire's Kiss is about Peter Lowe. He is a literature agent who... Have you been practicing thinks... that? I haven't, no, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite pleased with it. Um, who thinks he's Patrick Bateman um, and talks like a cross between Derek Zoolander and Moira Rose. He has a real love of accurate filing and an even greater, more amorous love for bats. We follow his slow descent into madness where it transpires that he thinks he's becoming a vampire um, through conversations with his therapist, going on imaginary dates with a vampire lady and the constant harassing of his secretary who can't find the file that he needs. Even though the guy who's after the file that he wants... Um, has said that there's no rush at all because he knows it's a contract from about 20 years ago and that will take some time to find. Bearing in mind we're in the late 80s with not, you know, no computerized filing system. It's just big stacks of paper that this poor woman is going through. 
So he kills a woman with some plastic vampire teeth. He recites the alphabet emphatically. He sleeps under his sofa quite a bit. And it all culminates in a big old fence post being pushed through his gut to finishing off. It is, without a doubt, one of the wildest rides you will ever go on. And I loved every minute of it. <laughs> Bravo! Uh, yeah, I think that, that sums it up quite well. Um, it's fucking mental. I think yeah. it, th- th- this episode could just be us saying it's fucking mental over and over again for half an hour. Mm-hmm. But it was... So I I did a bit of reading, and a lot of my research for this comes from The Ringer. So there's an article called Truly Batshit, The Secret History of Vampire's Kiss, The Craziest Nicolas Cage Movie of All Time, by a guy called Zach Schonfield. And Vampire's Kiss was written by a guy called Joseph Minion, which sounds like a bad Nicolas Cage character, but yep. he was inspired by his toxic relationship with his partner, who he described as a vampire that was destroying him. <laughs> he went on holiday, wrote this script, and emailed it to her because she yep. was a film producer. So she was a producer on the movie, and they broke up during production. But can you imagine like your partner sending you a script for a movie that is clearly inspired by how much they hate you. Um, no, but I respect this guy somewhat. Yeah, she then went on to found <laughs> a literary agency. So maybe... You mean a literary agency. Literature. <laughs> but, yeah. Like... Also, my, my favourite bit about, like, like summarising that is, like, when you say that, like, oh, you know, this, this guy wanted to, like, you know, really, like, fancied bats. Like, that's not, like... That's not um, what's the best way of putting. It? That's not hyperbole. Like it's not you know someone was really interested in bats to the degree that they were like fancied them. No, literally, he tells his therapist he got aroused by a bat. I was aroused. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like somebody misunderstood that symbolism is usually supposed to be subtle. <laughs> it's you got uh, a big old bat boner. Yeah, so cage. Cage, as as you may have gleaned, <laughs> speaks in a weird quasi-British, quasi-American, quasi-what-the-fuck accent through the whole time, uh, which apparently was inspired by his dad, who was a literature professor. It's not. He somehow saw Zoolander before it was made. Well, he also... This was pre-American Psycho. Yeah. Which I did not understand how... Because I've never seen a film that was clearly trying so hard to be another film. And it turns out that... It turns out American Psycho got inspiration from Vampire's Kiss. That's the fucked up world we live in. Yeah, it was the book before, though. I know the book even came out yeah. in 91 as well, so... Yeah, it was... Do you know who was originally supposed to be in Vampire's Kiss? Oh, I did read this, but it's completely gone from my memory so please so the film was financed with the understanding it would be dennis quaid (laughs) and then he didn't do it cage signed on they were also looking at steve martin at one point okay if it was steve martin though you feel like it's really leaning into like the comedy angle yeah because the problem i still have with vampire's kiss apart from the fact it's one of the best films ever made is i can't i still can't figure out if it's a comedy i mean because just because it's funny it's like how you know Tommy Wiseau now says the room was a dark comedy. It's like it's not though, is it? You didn't. Yeah, you didn't make it as a satire. It kind of feels the same kind of because actually because when you watch it on on Amazon Prime, 
um, or no, sorry, Apple TV. It is categorized as comedy as well. Yeah, but is it, yeah, but I would I would agree. It doesn't feel like they were setting out to make a comedy. It feels like a um, <laughs> we'll coin a new phrase. It's a hindsight comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out they accidentally made an incredibly funny film. But, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, like we said, I mean, it, it really is the... It seems to crystallise what Nicolas Cage is. <laughs> because it is just an hour, hour and 45. Yeah, it's the, it's the cagiest of cage films. It's the cagiest of cage films. You can see a lot of... Clearly, this is where... And I think he said it himself as well. Like He, he was... It served as the blueprint for his... Uh, nouveau shamanic discipline of acting which is a phrase i'll keep saying nicholas cage describes his own acting ability as nouveau shamanic the other funny thing as well is that he has actually like he stated in gq in 2018 that this is a fav- his favorite mm. film that he's made he loved um, him and in the same year in an in an interview with the guardian he said that he showed it to a female friend and whilst laughing he said uh, I think it scared her. She left. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. He said that he did the movie for no money because he liked the script and wanted to try something new with his acting. It's like to be fair, this was something new with acting. Yeah, it's it's interesting that he's he hasn't really since tried anything new with acting. Yeah. <laughs> so onwards to trivia. Yep. How is this man? made a career of acting <laughs> so it was Ni- nicholas cage's idea in the film to eat a cockroach yep yep it yeah, was that was on my list yeah it was supposed <laughs> to be a raw egg um it took three takes and tom waits have said uh it is his favorite scene in a movie he he also got a lot of angry calls from yeah. animal rights activists they lied well. and said the cockroach was fine it's like no nicholas cage sent someone down to the boiler room to get cockroaches, and then he ate them on camera. And you know what his defence was to these animal rights activists? No. He was like, can you honestly tell me that you've never used a can of Raid? <laughs> um, it wasn't the only time he sent out to get an animal. Did you hear about this? So Nicolas Cage sent his assistant to Central Park with a broom and an ice cooler to find a bat. Okay. Because when the bat flies into his window at the beginning, so there's a, there's a scene at the beginning of the film where he is in the process of um, having sex with this woman, and a bat flies through the window, and he fights it off, and it is just bizarre. Um, he wanted it to be a real bat, right? So he sent his assistant out, and the director only managed to convince him that it couldn't be a real bat by telling him that if it bit him, he would get rabies and die. <laughs> But on the subject of, of animals in this film, um, so there's the the scene where he catches the pigeon. Yeah. So it turns out that they drugged the pigeon so that Nicolas Cage could easily catch it, but they didn't tell Nicolas Cage that they drugged the pigeon. So I, I can only assume that he just <laughs> thought he had amazing reflexes or like could speak to pigeons. <laughs> yeah, more, more than questionable um, acting with animals in this movie. <laughs> well, a, a lot of the acting as well, which we were, we were joking about this while watching the film, but there is a, there are multiple scenes where a literal blood-covered Nicolas Cage is running down the streets of New York holding a massive stake, uh, as in wood, not like, you know, sirloin, <laughs> shouting that he's a vampire, asking people to kill him. And that was shot on the real streets of New York. 
and a lot yeah. of the reactions aren't scripted. And we were joking about how, oh, it's only in like New York or probably London or something like that where someone could shout this and be completely ignored. And it turns out that's exactly what had happened. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been to New York a few times and I've seen some bizarre stuff. I saw Batman in an underground car park in New York taking out the trash. Literally, not metaphorically. <laughs> Taking out the trash. <laughs> I will find that picture and we can put it on uh, Instagram because it's hilarious. Oh, God. Did you did you see how Nicolas Cage um, would uh, turn himself on for the uh, the love scenes? <laughs> I haven't seen that, no. Oh, I love talking about Nicolas Cage because it all sounds like we're lying. So to get turned on, Nicolas Cage would have yoghurt poured over his toes. <laughs> um, nobody, apparently, uh, this... <laughs> Apparently nobody could comprehend why, <laughs> but if you look at a lot of the sex scenes, you can't see his feet. Any 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 indication as to whether he had a preference for for flavour? Uh, no, uh, the the research didn't go that deep. Um, much like the yogurt, but this was the, the these were the sex scenes with the inverted commas vampire. Right. Okay. Um, who apparently Nicolas Cage didn't like because he wanted. In good bad movie tradition, Patricia Arquette to be in the film um, because he was. Dat- <laughs> it does feel like a missed yeah. opportunity. He was dating her at the time, and Jessica, uh, sorry, uh, Jennifer Beals got the role over Patricia Arquette, and Nicolas Cage apparently took that personally. I've also, I, I don't know how true any of these are, but you spoke earlier about a lot of like other people being considered for the role, and a few others that popped up were um, John Travolta, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Sylvester Stallone. Arnie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I would love to see Arnie recite, aggressively <laughs> recite the alphabet, which I can't stress enough. Nicolas Cage reciting the alphabet is the pinnacle of cinema. Every, yeah. Everything else is a downward slope from there. Um, apparently, he choreographed that scene uh, in his hotel room with his cat. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh god! The, the poor, the poor trauma that the cat must have gone through. It's. I, I know we went through a phase of whenever we were drunk, we would just do the Nicolas Cage alphabet shout because it is so. It's weirdly addictive. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's the kind of thing that you know, if you're if you're having a bad day, maybe you just need to kind of you know, release a bit of pent up energy. Go for the Nicolas Cage alphabet shout. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it. You know, it's it's a good way to channel your um, channel your frustration. Yeah, and speaking of vampire shouts, are we done with trivia? Yeah, why not? I can believe Nicholas Cage is a lot of things, but not in like middle management. So speaking of vamp, uh, so speaking of alphabet, we shall talk about our top three moments because I'm assuming that's going to be on both our lists. So what are yep. your top three moments of Vampire's Kiss? My top three moments are, in third place, I would say Nicolas Cage's makeshift coffin, which is actually just a sofa, <laughs> and some pillows. <laughs> because Why to the not? point that, well, to the point at the beginning where I was like, I think when the first time I saw it, I was like, has he just foregone a duvet yeah. for, for a sofa? Has he been robbed? Like, yeah, just, yeah, no idea. Um Second place is the the table jump um, and the pointing. Oh, God, yes, yeah. There you are! <laughs> because, of course. And, yeah, in first place is em- emphatic alphabeting because I don't think there's anything else that can go in first place in this movie. 
Yeah, so so my, my top three list, I forgot about the table jump, just how fucking amazing, because it, it comes out of nowhere as well. Like, yeah. for the entire film, Nicolas Cage basically openly mentally abuses this woman in their office, and nobody gives a shit. Well, and physically, he ter- he follows her into the ladies with a... Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's a guy in there who's just like, can you guys, I'm trying to have a shit, can you guys stop yeah. making so much noise? Well, it's, the, it's, the, it's when he follows her into the ladies and there's that old woman who's like, what are you doing? And then she just leaves. Yeah, sorry, old woman, not old man, because an old man and the ladies would be... I mean, it's weird anyway, but an old man being the ladies would be strange. Yeah, that, that would just be unbelievable. <laughs> um, so my my top three moments of Vampire's Kiss. Uh, so number three is Nicolas Cage tells a therapist that a bat made him horny, which is, it, it's, it's very early on in the film, and I think it is kind of the signpost to how bizarre the experience is going to be. Because his therapist doesn't really seem to care. No, there's no reaction there, is there? She's just like... Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Ah, how did that make you? So you were fucking at the time, and then a bat. So you were you were aroused. But no, 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 it was the bat. The bat made me horny. <laughs> um, number two, uh, Nicholas Cage doesn't have the money to buy vampires' teeth. Yep. So buys cheap vampires' teeth from from like a shop that doesn't look like it should sell vamp- like Halloween vampires' teeth. No, isn't it like a pawnbroker's or something? It's like a pawnbroker's or or like a Chinatown oddities shop. Yeah, the kind of place you'd buy a monkey paw from. Yeah, or like a mogwai. Yeah. Yeah, it's not where you would get $3 Halloween vampire's teeth. Um, (laughs) And also, like, if if you thought you were becoming a vampire, why would you buy teeth? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I can't answer that question. It's a very good question, and I can't answer it. Um, And then number one, Nicolas Cage recites the alphabet, which is arguably the greatest moment in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. I love how this is New York, so no one pays any attention. I think people have kind of figured out what our views of the film are, but I have a couple of critics' reviews of the film that we can go through. Okay. So Variety said that the problem is that Cage's over-the-top performance generates little sympathy for the character, so it's tough to be interested in him as his personality disorder worsens. Which is fair, because you can't have a tr- downward trajectory of a person who is distinctly unlikable immediately. No, but I would disagree with the sentiment that it is um, difficult to be interested in, in him, because it is extremely interesting to see what the fuck is going on in this movie. True, true. And the Chicago Reader said that what really makes this worth seeing is Cage's outrageously unbridled performance. If you... But you genuinely could apply that i like i feel like they've got that on copy and paste for every time a nicholas cage film comes out <laughs> yeah yeah true <laughs> uh time out said that it leaves one trembling between corrosive laughter edgy terror and a residual sadness uh rolling stone uh what this movie needs isn't criticism it's more like a stake through the heart the washington post said that you're not exactly sure if the material is meant to be funny or is laughable merely by default which i think sums it up quite well Pop Matters said that as Vampire's Kiss unspools, the lead character, Peter Lowe, wavers in and out of this accent and a wide variety of voices, seeming to give every role Cage has ever played equal vocal time in the film. And most yep. importantly, Nicolas Cage on the screenwriter, uh, on the director's answer phone, left a message saying that it justified his decision to become an actor. <laughs> <laughs> There's some... Um... Uh, obviously, these are, these are critical comments, right? So there's some interesting comments from the. I, I haven't watched the director's commentary. Yeah, I would love to, but 
but I've, uh, there's an article with a couple of excerpts from it. So one directly from uh, the man himself. I think that people might wonder what the, that voice is I'm using. <laughs> Beerman, the, the director, when we made this film, it was complete chaos from beginning to end. Cage, that expression on my face is just absurd. Also, Cage, my entire motivation here is just to see how big I could get my eyes. <laughs> I, I know immediately the scene he is talking about. Yeah. It's the, the meme scene. It is the meme scene. Fucking bizarre. But what did, what, what did, what's your takeaway from the film? Like, did you, did you enjoy it? I overwhelmingly enjoyed it. I loved every second. I want to watch it again. I think it was the right side of insanity and ticked ticked all the, the boxes for a good bad movie like i don't think it it's it's up there with the the best of the best in the good bad movie pantheon i think yeah it it's i definitely i've like i said i've watched it multiple times so i would happily watch it again because it's such insanity that i don't think you can retain how insane it is so it's kind of a new experience every time it's like your brain tries to protect you yeah by forgetting just how batshit mental it is um that batshit mental bat being shit. a good yeah. vampire good, shit uh... mental i think he was flirting with a bat so that brings us on to the league of the league of good bad movies so so far it is a very small league because all we have is troll 2 and showgirls where would you put yep. Vampire's Kiss into that? Which is really a conversation of which did you prefer as a... Because we're going from as an experience of watching. Yeah. So did you prefer watching Troll 2 or did you prefer watching Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> you, you, you're completely discounting Showgirls from the conversation. I mean, I, I can... Um, was, it, was it... We could do that quickly. Um, did you enjoy it more than Showgirls? Yeah. Yes. There we go. So... <laughs> Did did you prefer the experience of Troll 2 or the experience of Vampire's Kiss? It's a tougher question than it should be, but I think yeah. I did prefer I think I did prefer Vampire's Kiss. There's there's just something about it. There's just something about it. And I don't know what it is, but there's something about it that just takes it to that next level. Don't get me wrong, Troll 2 is equally insane. But I think I think they both follow the um the 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 pattern and have all of the right ingredients for a for a good band movie. But then you add Nicolas Cage and it just takes it it dials it up to eleven. Yeah, I, I think I think if two films are similar and you need a tiebreak, you go for the one with Nicolas Cage in. But like we said before, this is so much like the patient zero of what Nicolas Cage became. Yeah. That it's it's unfiltered cage for the vast majority of the film and i can't get over that it I, is it is uncaged cage uncaged caged i i can't get over the majority of the film i'd happily watch it again today and we watched it recently yep um but like you said troll 2 i i do love troll 2 i would recommend watching both of them i know troll 2's got well they're both very kind of pop culture heavy now right but people may not yeah. know they are so like the nicholas cage face is vampire's kiss it's him like you said trying to open his eyes as wide as he could yep yeah that was his motivation fucking hell okay all right cool so 
the the new king of the league of the league of good bad movies is Vampire's Kiss, Troll yep. Two Second, Showgirls Last. Um, I can't promise Showgirls will remain last. There is a chance we might watch a, a another bad Born. good bad yeah <laughs> a bad good bad movie. <laughs> but I do like the thing with Showgirls is I'm looking back on it a lot more fonder than I was immediately afterwards. Once you get past the fact that you've essentially watched like softcore porn with a friend, yeah. you can kind of enjoy the absurdity of Showgirls as a I've, good bad movie. I've enjoyed being able to talk about Showgirls a lot more than actually watching Showgirls. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is fair. So that was that was this month's League of Good Bad Movies episode. We don't know what the choices will be for next month, but they'll be up on our Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. Um, you can also find us on, or we have a Kofi page where you can buy us a coffee, um, and all of that goes to making the podcast bigger and better and more awesome and more good bad. Um, and that is also at the podcast nobody asked for. It also helps us um, buy our fake vampire teeth as well. Oh, yeah, I bought Vampire's Kiss. I stand by it. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I'm kind of jealous because I, I kind of really want, want to rewatch it now and I'd have yeah. to rent it again. Yes, so if you have any ideas for movies that you'd like to see included in the vote for this month, shoot them over on Twitter at nobody else for pod. And you can also find us in the same place on Facebook. Yeah, so I'm just going to start reciting the alphabet and then fade the podcast episode out. Okay, I'm here for that. Yeah, so A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's when he starts speeding up. Yeah. To be fair, like you kind of do that. As a, as a kid, when you recite the alphabet, you kind of do that bit. Especially that there's the really quick LMNOP bit, right? Yeah. Which apparently they've changed. Really? Like, there's, there's like a new version of the alphabet song. I don't know if it's more of an American thing, but it's... It's still good. Like, you don't have the LMNOP. It's like, LMNOP. So, like, the power ballad version of... Yeah. <laughs> a, <laughs> a... B... Oh, just a B. Honey starts with a B. Ugh, no one asked for this. Again, I still can't figure out if he thinks he's funny or if he knows he's funny.